0: Was it when the lifeguard kept jumping in to try to save you that you realized this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I planned that actually. (laughs) Wendy Peppercorn. Wait, wait, was it three to two? (laughs) Wendy Peppercorn. I've been planning it for years.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of
0: <laughs> Couches on Couches. Bing slouches. <laughs> With a big slouch uh, middle of the couch today. Baby's... I mean, non-slouch. Oh, yeah. Non-slouch.
1: Yeah. I was forced to sit in the middle of the couch, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was up. all cuddled up next <laughs> to the <laughs> right. it's Safer on the right side.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people just uh, feel as though Brian's a
0: safe, uh, safe
1: bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's tall enough to like hold you. If you did it. He's so bony. So. <laughs>
0: Long bony arms. <laughs> he'd, run in,
1: he'd run in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, we got Bobby Weekly on the couch, aka Raekwon Goodbody. If you're uh, looking to follow him on the insta, we'll get to him in just a second. Uh, that's I not a am... joke. It really
0: is a Raekwon Goodbody. That is
1: not yeah, that's not a joke. There it is again. Dude, 13th follower gets a uh, $10 talking <laughs> about <laughs> You're going to wait till 12.
0: <laughs> Let's speed this along. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I am Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPCPerformance. Boom. Even, you... with, even with them
2: setting a pick, you I got it. Yeah. You got it. I powered through. <laughs> I powered through. All right. We're going to get to... Uh... Senior Weekly over here in a second. But first, shout outs.
0: Love the shout outs. I'll kick things off. Do it. Uh, Tony Gambrell. He's received shout outs before. Uh, he knocked out a Ragnar his first, uh, first time ever. Uh, and totaling up his times, he ended up doing 15 miles on his three legs that he, he did at the relay. Um, each one sub seven, his first one. He was uh, pretty excited and went out. He was psyched. He went out and set like. <laughs> He went out and set some uh, PRs uh, for run pace on his first one, um, nice. and he was that good kind of sore come Monday after no sleep and running fifteen miles at what like six forty pace. Mm. Heard he racked up a few uh, kills. Kills? Oh, yeah, I was unfamiliar with the fact that they um, track kills in yeah. the uh, in that world of racing. So point to point relay style racing. Yeah, he had what twenty one kills, which is where you pass another runner. I think 21, the first leg, 31, the second, and seven, the final, and they uh, they were fourth in the corporate category. There was like 400 and something teams. Nice. It was nuts. Wow. Bingo, bango, bongo. But my question was, <laughs> my, my big question was whether or not he was killed by anyone. Like, did he get past... <laughs> There's a movie quote tally that's now being if you're yeah. giggling in the background, or uh, <laughs> or movie quotes being strung yeah. in through this awkwardly. Uh, mm-hmm. Dale and Bobby are going head to head here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, here's my shout out.
2: Nice. I've got uh, one. Tim Lin. He uh, competed in his first uh, official Ironman Pro uh, Pro race, Shanghai seventy point three. Uh, had a solid race. I believe it's a PR for him. Uh, he did a four ten you know had had some mistakes we learned from we're going to get better on the next one but overall for the first for lining up next to people like Tim Don and and you know the big the big boys of of Ironman these days awesome race solid awesome race um another one this weekend was uh, walking tall 50k and 25k we had a few people out there but but first big shout out is to race directors Brian Williams Sean Hilsden uh, their families are uh, really involved in the race. And then obviously the the, uh, the folks at Big Hill Pond, Rangers and all Oh, yeah, all that they stuff. support that race like, like nothing else. <clears throat> Massive support. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic event if you've never done it. We've had them on the couch before. Uh, the reason we support it is that they put so much time and energy into that race, and it's awesome.
0: By the way, if you're in the Memphis area and you haven't been to Big Hill Pond, like hour fifteen from where we're at right yeah. now, hour from Collierville. Uh, super cool. I mean, the trails were awesome. We went and hiked with the family on uh, Sunday. It's like, wow, I didn't realize something this cool was this close. Um, you can kayak, you can paddleboard, you can use an electric motor boat in the lake. And did you motorboat it? Uh, there's. <laughs> did you motorboat it? <laughs> there's you no did motor, motorboat it. Didn't there was you? no. There was okay. no motorboating. We didn't. We didn't have any boats. <laughs> you motorboat. Uh, but. <laughs> The ranger talking to the ranger. Uh, there's a <laughs> chance. There's a chance they may try to get swimming allowed. So for the open water swimmers, nice. Uh, there that might be an option for Memphis folks. Nice. Continuing uh, with the shout outs.
2: Yeah. So at the race, we had you know Coach Chris and his wife Rebecca were second overall in the 25k, um, and then uh, Jason Cruz was eighth overall, I believe. Uh, great run for him for sure. Uh, our buddy Marcus Jones won, won the 25k. He was blazing course mm-hmm. record, um, and then Hunter Hall wins the won the 50k with a pretty dominating course record. Uh, uh, he won in dominating fashion, like 20 yeah. minutes or something like that. It was it was big. Um, at one point, they were actually him and Josh Darling, who was second place, uh, were within like three to six minutes of each other. Yeah, and then it yeah, was at just the, toward at the, the
0: 19 mile mark, they were within a couple minutes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we were out there live streaming the race uh and so we were kind of getting reports on everything. It was, it was a fairly exciting race going on there. Um Jessica Wang was did the 25k and it was 20 minute PR for her, so that's awesome. Um and once again, the race directors, the whole, the whole event was was fantastic. You have any others you got shout outs? Who me? Yeah, Bombay.
1: Yeah, shout out to uh, Philip and Laura Kate Young. Yeah. A little uh, hatchling. Yeah. That should arrive here. One in the oven. Shortly. Uh Exactly right. It's about time he accomplished something this year.
0: (laughs) We might be able to get him back on the couch now. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe bring him back to the couch. Well, you got one
1: coming soon, too. Yeah. I know. He's such a copycat. (laughs) He tries to outdo me at every turn. The old one-upper. I'm telling you. That's funny. Um, All right.
2: So, uh, one little announcement that we'll make um, our. House of Pain cycling program registration is going to open pretty soon. Um, we're opening um, registration to the people who have done it in the past, the the veterans of the program uh, today, and that'll go out soon. So be looking for that. Um, but if you're interested in really taking a leap in your cycling performance over the winter, when most people are either just riding easy base or uh, doing nothing, um, that is... The most, it is the most comprehensive program uh, that you'll find uh, on the web, online. And uh, yeah, it's it's produced a lot of great results over the years, so watch out for that. All right. So we're going to jump in, unless you guys got anything left. Um, we're going to jump in talking to, to Bobby here. So first off, just so that everyone knows that you're normal human and uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have all the time in the world. Give us a, a look at like what your your work and family and, and life scenario is like right now.
1: Okay. I work for the Memphis Fire Department, been on for four years, and one of the reasons for kind of joining the job was the idea of having 20 days off a month. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, I could get some serious training with 20 <laughs> days off a month. Uh, so I'm there 24 hours at a time the schedule does present its own set of unique challenges because I am there 24 hours. And that seems like a, we do have a lot of downtime, but we could be called away at any time for a call. So a lot of times I'll be in the middle of a workout and the tone goes off and we've got to respond. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of piecing the plans together. Yeah. And, you know, even though it, my when I if I get off the next day I don't get home till about seven thirty or eight so because it's a twenty four hour shift so I do miss a lot of the group rides because most of the people I ride with start really early yeah like crack a
2: dawn. Like four a m yeah five a m yeah. yeah gotcha exactly and so like when you get off of I don't know like when you get off of shift I mean sometimes you're smoked
1: oh totally sleep deprived yeah some not all the times but uh, but yeah sometimes so it's hard to. It's really difficult to find the balance sometime between it's probably healthier to go home and get three hours rest versus, all right, I have, I have five or six hours worth of work to do today yeah. and, you know, only a day to do it.
0: Yeah. So do you and, find most of the time you will do your workout right away as soon as you get home or do you, do you take that rest first?
1: Uh, foolishly, in the beginning, I tried to do it as soon as I got home. And I just realized, uh, the workouts weren't efficient and more importantly, I would lose the motivation Mm -hmm. halfway during the workout and get frustrated. And once you, once you take that turn to to negative town, it's hard to pull yourself out of it. So, uh, I kind of transitioned into, you know, make, make the most out of the time you have, like make the training meaningful.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all about quality really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if you're, you're getting off shift, and you're just kind of smoked, and you're just going to kind of muddle your way through it. It's yeah. not You're not really going to get everything out of it that you possibly can. Um, so so you've got, you're married. Right. Got a little
1: woody on the way. He's on the way. He'll be here, well, in a week's time. It's pretty much up to him when he wants <laughs> to oh, So he's, we're scheduled. I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah, we're scheduled yeah. for Thanksgiving. So
2: Nice. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day. Awesome. Nice. Um, so give us a brief kind of like look at your Sports history like were you an athlete growing up like what did you gravitate toward um, there's a lot of people that like either were like real like lifelong athletes and then there's a ton of people in endurance sports that never did anything until they picked up running cycling triathlon something like that so
1: what's your yeah, story about? I was it? definitely the second one I never swam rode a bike or did running as a hobby at all it was always organized sports from the beginning and, uh, you know, I think my sporting career was best summed up by what my baseball coach told me in high school. He said, you know, weekly, you're definitely not the most talented one out here, <laughs> but you're dumber than a hammer. So I'm pretty sure we <laughs> can work you to death. And that's going to be where you're going to find your most gains is you're just going to have to outwork people. Brutal so, honesty. I like Yeah. It. Jack of all trades, master
2: of none. Yeah. Basically. And that's, uh, and that's kind of the story of, uh.
0: Of triathlon right like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and honestly that's a characteristic you need to be good in endurance sports yeah absolutely ability to to put in work yeah it de- it definitely
1: translated once I started getting into endurance sports because uh, I was fortunate enough to have those coaches who were very goal oriented and relied heavily on outworking the mm-hmm. other team yeah and so that's always been my philosophy is you're just gonna have you know you're not gonna be as talented so you'll probably have to do a little bit more work than everybody else
2: Yeah. Yeah. Same way. (laughs) Uh, So what like when you, you know, playing baseball growing up, uh, what was the what made you jump to like endurance sports and what was the first thing you got into?
1: Mountain biking was the first thing that I got into. And my stepdad had left a hundred dollar 26 inch wheel trek at my house and I decided to go ride the Tour de Wolf with it. And just had an absolute blast, and uh, so how how old were you at this time? uh, Carry the two. I was (laughs) thirty one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't thirty one. No, I was probably like (laughs) twenty (laughs) eight. I don't math very well. uh, So anyway, I did that, and I thought, man, this is so much better than just going to a gym and exercising for the sake of exercising. So. I went and put a $600 mountain bike on layaway and it was the shortest layaway in the history of layaway. I went back like six hours later and bought it. Did you really? Yeah. (laughs) I scraped up enough pennies to go uh, buy it that afternoon. What was that bike? It was a Haro. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And you know, just, uh, I'm pretty impulsive. So that bike quickly got sold and spent money on a more expensive bike. And my wife worked, uh, with a guy, an OG in the mountain bike scene, Jason Dallas. Yeah. She said, you need to go ride bikes with this guy. He yeah. uh, He's supposed to be a pretty good mountain biker. And I met him and I saw him and I'm like, I don't see this guy as being much of, <laughs> he looks more like a video game designer. <laughs> it's, uh, and you're right. I didn't see him as a mountain biker because uh, 10 pedal strokes and he was gone. He was yeah. gone.
0: Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is sport amazing. Like you can look at people and go. So
1: unsuspecting. Oh, very much so. And but he's the one, and then we ended up signing up for my first mountain bike race, which was uh, Silamo's Revenge. Yeah, which was a gonna strong
0: first race. Yeah, yeah. It was a dumb first race. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I showed up in like Under Armour and baggy downhill shorts. Oh and yeah, I had, uh, I had I sandwiches it. packed in plastic bags. I love it,
0: <laughs> nice, a little snack pack, huh? Yeah.
1: So that's <laughs> how I got introduced to uh, mountain biking, and fortunately enough, the Los Locos group. Yeah. So what was the like?
2: What was the like? Once you started mountain biking, um, because I know you did a little bit of triathlon prior Mm -hmm. to making the jump back to going to doing an Ironman. But what was the span of like doing like focusing on mountain biking? Right.
1: Well, back then I think this was 2013 or 14. Los Locos was still considered a triathlon team. Yeah. Yeah. So I just figured in order to be considered for the team, I'd have to learn how to do triathlons, and so you know, self-taught swimmer as an adult, which I don't recommend is definitely not, it's, it's, you have a better chance of drowning than you do swimming effectively. (laughs) And, uh, so I did probably one or two triathlons my first year and tried to take a little bit more seriously. And then 2015 did one or two more, did an Xterra event, but I'd say 2016 to 2018 was all mountain bike racing and gravel racing.
2: Yeah, because you, you, uh, you and uh, Hart and Hart Robinson and David Collins, who have both been on the couch, uh, did that uh, Delta
1: Epic. Delta Epic. Yeah, we okay. did it. We did the Delta Epic, three hundred miles.
0: That, was, was, that nice. was when they said yeah. it was uh, about two hundred, right?
1: Yeah, two hundred ish. two hundred ish. It turned yeah. out being three hundred yeah. miles. <laughs> said said the liars, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting experience. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, so it was. Uh, it was funny. Halfway, well, actually, in the nighttime, you know, Hart, uh, he's, I just need a 15-minute nap. I just, if I could just lay down for 15 <laughs> minutes, that'd be so much better. And David and I are like, we can't fall asleep at 15 minutes, yeah, so exactly. we've got to keep going. That was a waste of time. Yeah, we learned We learned a lot about ourselves, and it tested our friendship, for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, what, like, at, like what made you want to, to jump like over to multi-sport and go, I mean, you were already doing some extremely long events mm-hmm. uh, as for you know, as, in that regard, but what made you wanna jump straight into triathlon and take up two more sports and then take on something like an Ironman?
1: It was probably the 20th time I crashed in day three of the Breckenridge <laughs> epic where I thought, you know, an Ironman would be a lot easier than uh, falling down in front of all these people. But seriously, it was the the Ironman. I don't know. I think a lot of people it's viewed as like the mecca of endurance sports. And I remember as a kid seeing these these sickly looking athletes on TV <laughs> in the early '90s doing the doing these crazy distances, and it just like, oh my gosh, that is. That's only for the top one percent. So you of thought
2: injuries. of it like as a really solid weight loss program? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Getting a little big yeah. in the
1: midsection. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been fairly top heavy, so this is the only way I'm going to trim down. But uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it was always Kinda like a
0: bucket list style. It was
1: always on the bucket list, always in the back of my mind, and uh, it was just all about the timing. Like I always knew that I wanted to do it; it was just waiting for the right year. Yeah.
2: So like so let's let's jump into like how you made the switch because you weren't doing a whole lot of running or swimming, uh, you know, in that span of mountain biking. So, like, how did how did you go about at first, kind of making the switch from one sport and adding in two more? Did you just jump right in, I jumped,
1: yeah, I completely disobeyed all the rules of the last <laughs> podcast, and I did not run two easy miles. I mean, I got off the plane from Breckenridge, and the next day, I think you know, recovery, I like, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I recovered that whole flight home. Like,
1: there's so much more oxygen in Memphis. I'm going to go run a marathon, but I think I ran like five or six miles the first day back, and I tried mm. to hold the same pace that I was holding four years ago. Not recommended. Yeah, not recommended at all. But uh, I think what once i became patient enough and understanding enough to accept that you're going to have to kind of try to master the fundamentals yeah of these disciplines before you start trying to add volume and speed otherwise you're just going to do it incorrectly
2: so did you run into any like uh body snafus on the way there
1: no surprisingly uh you know Just uh, just a little bit more durable than I expected. I had I hit one one little snafu probably once I started getting into the longer distances of the running, and I just had like a minor calf issue at the time. I thought was you know the end of my my (laughs) Ironman dream, but it it worked out, and I was able to to push through it. And that was really the only incident.
2: It's always funny how uh,
1: like endurance athletes
2: get like they go for so long without an issue and then they get like one little like tight something and they just freak out i mean i can't tell you how many emails comments texts i get that you know my like all of a sudden my hips bother me okay we're doing a lot of volume Mm -hmm. (laughs) like
0: yeah (laughs) there's gonna be some pains. if you're like
2: I, i feel like i say this like 18 times a week is if you go if you're going longer harder uh you know in mileage or in intensity that you've been doing, there's gonna be some soreness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know if you get tight or sore, not a big deal. You know, it's the sharp pain and there's things that like play. that that we want to like knowing the difference
0: between. And injury and soreness yeah. are, uh, yeah. are key. And trying to figure that out can yeah, be Yeah, it's like, are you injured what is are it, you, hurt? <laughs> injured or you hurt? No, that's a tie. That's
1: a tie. Fine. Home cooking. T- home cooking. Cookin', watch, will give it, Okay, gave me one. He gave you both one? Uh, oh, that's funny. Uh, I think
0: you guys should be required to actually say the movie it came from as well. No way. After the... No, uh, no because the people thing. listening have to yeah. be
1: involved as well. Yeah, that's right. They'll never talk to either <clears throat> of us again. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, just to kind of jump on what you said, you know, the mate when we talk about that, like it makes me think of uh, all the maintenance off the bike and out of the run shoes that was required to to try and avoid yep. those injuries. I mean, I just don't think for me personally, I don't see how I could have survived the training without all the foam
0: rolling and the yep. stretching and exactly. the core work. It just which is it, often what people neglect. Absolutely. absolutely. And then when you start talking to them about the tightness or the the injury that's starting to uh, to show its head, it's like, well, have you been have you been doing this stuff outside of training to help with recovery, to help prevent this sort of stuff? And usually, like, well, no, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do my strength. I don't like doing it. And it's like, well, it's it's all going well till it doesn't. And usually, that's what it is. And with an injury, you know, you don't notice anything, and suddenly it's. You know, one one yeah. step, and you you start noticing it. So, mm-hmm. being diligent about doing the stuff to maximize recovery and keep yourself healthy is huge. Yeah.
2: Yes, you you have to absolutely do the the small things to to keep yourself. You know, strength and flexibility will keep you durable, but then it's like the things like foam rolling and and good hydration and nutrition that are going to keep you energy levels high and and keep some of that soreness at bay you know there's obviously things like recovery boots and you know uh, mark pro and compex and all those other things that you can help you know reduce some soreness but realistically the best things you can do for your recovery are good nutrition and hydration and then stretching and making sure you're doing strength work
0: and the other yeah. aspect is going to be sleep so I'm curious to hear like with your job sleep routines do they get messed up for you quite oh, a bit I mean yeah. that's when a lot of recovery happens when you're sleeping but you know a non-traditional sleep schedule where you're working at 24 and you don't know how you're gonna sleep or if you're gonna sleep yeah did, did you run into issues there or yeah. did you notice it affects your
1: yeah absolutely and uh I think organ organization was uh was really the best remedy for it like we work three our work schedule is three days. And we have a day off in between the first two and then four days off okay. after the third shift, which, okay. you know, no one understands and people forget after 10 seconds. But what, I, what we had to adjust was trying to those key workouts like the, the long stuff, the speed stuff. I mean, that was uh, I got I was more efficient on my four days off when I actually had 24 hours to Mm. be away from the station and sleep without worrying about being woken up. So I tried to take as much advantage of those four days off as I could versus trying to schedule a six-hour bike ride, you know, the next morning. In
0: between two 24s. Right, and
1: and the thing is, even if we get, you know, even if we get seven hours of sleep at work, it's still not good sleep. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you're sleeping waiting to be punched. (laughs) <laughs> you know like someone someone's gonna it's wake almost me
2: like up. having a newborn baby
1: yeah exactly so
0: a lot like that so right. you're you're ready was, to rock dude
1: i'm telling you i feel like i was definitely prepar- i'm definitely preparing for it you yeah sure. mama the past four years mama ain't gonna know what hit her though mama likes to sleep <laughs> mama, mama mom was a professional sleeper for uh, sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> he needs that 10 she can fall asleep needs in 15 that 10. seconds so
2: like so of all the things in the you know making the jump what was, what what was the hardest part for you
1: uh by far the swimming by okay. far um you know i think i've always viewed swimming as kind of like a golf swing you know if you teach yourself how to do it incorrectly and you do it enough times, muscle memory will take over mm-hmm. and it's impossible to fix. Like you may think you're doing it right, but it's, it's yeah.
2: completely out of whack. And you may do it right for the 10 strokes that you're absolutely focused on it. Yeah. And then when you start swimming, you just go back to the old, mm-hmm, yeah, the old that's bad habits. That's
1: exactly right. And I would find that, uh, once I tried to Start putting in any speed work or putting forth any effort, that the technique would just go completely out the window, and I was back to just sloshing around like Nemo. Did you? <laughs> you know, did cool. you?
0: Was it when the lifeguard kept jumping in to try to save you that you realized this, or <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I planned that actually. <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn. Wait, wait, was it three to two? Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> I've been planning it for years. <laughs> Oh, uh, squints, pega, tele, <laughs> <rock-a-tacka. laughs>
2: It doesn't count as an extra one if you use the same movie two,
1: two mm. times. Oh, so it has to that be a different one. movie. Yeah. You have to jump Gosh, you have your phone though. I don't. My phone's over I'm there. I'm not somewhere. touching the phone, man. But uh, but no, that was that was definitely the hardest part. Uh, and, and like a golf swing, most people don't make corrections until they have someone watching them. Yeah. And so that's kind of when I reached out. To you guys, and thought, all right, it's time to uh, it's time to get in the pool. Have someone take a look at this and dissect all the things that you're doing wrong. Because you know, I'm I'm a simpleton. I have to be told this is where you're messing up. This is where you need to be, and this is this is a drill to fix it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I get frustrated.
2: Yeah, and it's easy to, especially with swimming, it's easy to overload. I mean, like that's why usually if I look at somebody's swim stroke, I give them literally one thing, no. maybe two to to focus on um and then that will be like the hard focus for three four weeks and yeah it's mundane but there's no way you're going to change a movement pattern without tons of frequency and consistency on that one specific part of the movement yeah Uh, i mean it's it's the same with running mechanics if you have a if you have a really uh inefficient movement within your running mechanics uh you know if it's not Completely strength related, you know, it takes weeks of yeah. of drilling it to
0: to. Well, fix if it. you give someone too much, give give someone five things to think about, and eventually they're like, I don't even know what I'm doing now. Like yeah. they forget they about the first so, four. Yeah, they're they're yeah. spending all their time trying to think about each one while they're doing it, and it's happening, you know, multiple times over the course of a yeah. second, and it's just impossible. Um, so it's really easy to overload the brain and and make it confusing and actually make people feel like they're doing even worse than they had before if you try to load them up with too much at one time so for anyone out there who's trying to really change a movement pattern yeah focus on one aspect of it uh, rather than trying to change everything all at once Um, and don't spend entire sessions you know trying to focus on it if you're doing an hour-long workout you know break it up into five minute ten minute intervals where you're super focused and then go back to, you know, letting the mind have a, a mental recovery and, and then going back to it. Yeah, a lot find of find you'll be able to incorporate those more often. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times what ends up happening is you do a warm-up. You spend the first half of the session focusing on it, and then you do a, a set, a regular set without thinking about it. And then you can even finish with a little bit more mm-hmm. after taking that mental break. But, but yeah, I mean, the, unless it's a short session... You know, having the entire session focused on one movement is a little overkill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that and then people want to drown themselves when they're right. <laughs> they're doing <laughs> they're that? doing three days a week in the pool focused on oh one tiny gosh. thing.
0: How many how many days were you swimming? So if that was the most challenging of it, were you trying to get more sessions in the pool, or was it kind of like you're struggling to get two in? Uh, at first, before I'd reached out to,
1: uh, Dale about the swimming, I was getting about two or three sessions in and I was struggling to hit 2000 yards and, you know, May, the third week in May was quickly approaching and I had my first race, which was the Oak Mountain Xterra. And I went to the person I was working with. I said, I'm kind of concerned. I've got a mile open water swim coming up and I don't feel, I can't even do 400 yards without getting gassed. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I made it through, I made it through that event, but I mean, halfway through the swim of that event, after I got, you know, passed by the 90th person, I said, all right, I'm going to reach out. I'm, you know, this is, I'm going to reach out to them because I know you were a self taught swimmer. Like you didn't grow up swimming. I said, that's who, that's who I need to be learning. I grew up, I got to give me some, uh,
2: surviving. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I could they, not drown. I could not yeah, drown in a pool
2: they, or a lake. You could throw me in the water and I yeah, wouldn't die. Yeah, but I wouldn't call it swimming. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wading, treading water. Yeah, I could tread. Hell the a treader. That's mm-hmm. right.
1: Dale goes in the water. So did you? Sharks took the rest. So did you? Uh, I'll never go. Did you start again?
0: Did you start increasing the number of times after after yeah. you getting technique work?
1: Yeah, but it was such it was so neat because it, you know he kind of did it like Mister Miyagi where I didn't realize that oh, that's I was an opportunity for another call here. That's right. I'm, like, oh, I'm being your slave is what I'm being, man. You got be washing your cars. Uh, I would. I. <laughs> Me doing the swims, and we focused on you know correcting the front end first. It's like, all right, just let's make this correction, and I think you'll be surprised at how other things will correct themselves. But anyway, he did it in such a, a, a deceitful little way. Like I'd be swimming, and the next thing I know I'd be done, and I'd look down at my Garmin, and it would say three thousand yards. And then I went on vacation where I'm supposed to be relaxing, and I looked down on my Garmin, and it said forty five hundred yards. And then I emailed him, and I said what the hell, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, he, I mean, it was, that was probably one of the most beneficial parts of, uh, that part of the training was just keeping each swim session different and, you know, having it mixed up, which kept me engaged Mm -hmm. a little bit longer, you know, everything was going great till we started getting to the long swims. Mm. And that's when, uh,
0: That's when I wanted to (laughs) hang it up. That's when uh, when you started thinking about uh, mountain biking and uh, gravel events again. That's exactly right.
2: Yeah, I mean those long straight swims, like when you're training for an Ironman, like some people don't even need them. Like they, you know, can get through. Like would they, you know, they'd rather have the mix up, Mm -hmm. and but for a lot of people, they like mentally. They got to have the like straight three, straight 4,000 in their head. Yeah. Like they just got to do proof, it once. Proof that just yeah, proof yeah. they can swim have straight that, that long, yeah. you know, for, you know, to feel confident in getting in the water, even with, even with a wetsuit. I mean, if you can do it without a wetsuit in a pool, you know, for most people in their brain, that is like, that's not a problem. Yeah. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of the stress off. That's, right. so that's why I, I continuously give it to people is more for the mental side than the fitness side. I mean, you like, honestly, most of the time when you're going into it, like an Ironman program, you could probably finish that 4,000 yard or 4,000 or 2.4 mile swim, like six weeks out from the Ironman, because you've already done like 4,000 yards in a swim, you know, several times before that. Yeah. So it's not that, it's just, you, you have to build the mental mm-hmm. capacity to know that, all right, I'm going to be swimming for a while. Yeah, and this, it is what it is. Yeah, because uh,
1: you know, with endurance sports and Ironman and long stuff like that, you know, you have gotta the the so, the solitude can get to people. Oh, absolutely. Just you know, it's different if you train with a group every single day. You're entertained. You're you're with mm-hmm. your friends. The time passes quicker, but you're not going to be in that atmosphere when you're out there on course. Yeah. And so just learning to learning to deal with my own thoughts and how to fight through the negative thoughts and how to, you know, get just when something wasn't going right, how to uh, get in more positive frame of mind. Like I kind of had to teach myself how to do that mentally. And I think that's what those long, that's the purpose that those long swims best served. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, a lot
2: of the long efforts, you know, oh, sure. most people don't need to do, 112 or 120 mile bike to f- to finish or even do decently well in an iron distance race but like having that having done that confidence phew, mm-hmm, through yeah. the roof you know and, and most people don't need a 20 mile run or or more leading into an uh, an ironman but you hit those numbers and phew, confidence through the roof so you know that ultimately that's why I keep giving them to people is more for the confidence boost than, yeah. than anything else. Um, so, what like how did you feel about taking like pretty massive focus off of cycling?
1: <laughs> was it uh, tough for you? Uh, yeah. It, well, no. I mean, coming off of uh, coming off of that event, the Breck Epic, six days of that, I was ready to to hang the bike up for a while, um, but. Yeah, it it became more difficult because I knew that the focus had to switch from swimming and swimming to running. So mm-hmm. you know, if there was a workout that was going to be missed or something was going to be overlooked, it it most of the time it ended up being the cycling aspect of it because I just kind of thought that I've done six hour six hours on a bike before. You know, I c- I can do it in my sleep, and that was probably looking back one of the mistakes that I made was trying to maybe rest on my laurels and think like right, you can ride 112 miles mm-hmm. but the difference is there's a huge difference in racing six hours on a bike versus racing six hours on a bike and then going and running a marathon Yep. so yeah i mean it's uh it is
2: certainly different but like when you um you know and in, in i would say mountain biking in general the efforts in a mountain yeah. biking event even in a stage race like like breck epic they're completely different. I mean, you could you could ride 100 mile mountain bike races you know every day and get into a uh, an iron distance ride on the road where you're just steady, steady, steady. Yeah. it's like a trainer arrow. It's much more yeah. like a
0: trainer ride than it is. I mean, the effort is so different on the body.
1: And I felt like I looked goofy the whole time. <laughs> I, think, I think when Dale actually fitted me to my bike, he said, "Well. You know, unfortunately you look like you're sitting in a lounge chair, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not flexible and this is probably the best setup for long course. So. There's uh
2: you know, you when especially when you've been when you've been used to sitting upright mm-hmm. on a mountain bike, yeah. it, even a fairly aggressive mountain bike setup is not compared to a
1: time trial bike. Yeah. So um, you know And then it, you slap on an arrow helmet and it just makes <laughs> it doesn't help your cause <laughs> at all. <laughs> What do you
0: know? the people at the uh, fire department think? When oh you, my uh...
1: gosh! I try to go do those. Uh, if I do bring the trainer to work, I try to uh, sneak back. I try to sneak back there <laughs> so nobody sees me, and <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I was caught. I had a uh, old grizzly looking chief come back there, and I'm in bibs only. <laughs> oh I mean, man! I'm bibs only, <laughs> dripping with sweat, and he just looks at me and pauses and says, "Well, that's what's it. That's an interesting costume." <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife has one of those for you're spin class. For WWE over here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. So I was quiet, but yeah, you know, when he left, uh-huh. I'd be talking again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Smoking
1: it. <laughs> Where are we at? Jay's Five, to Give me
2: one. Yeah, you're winning He's here. Not gonna
1: give me one.
0: Can you believe that? That's no, messed up. I
2: don't. I'm not counting that one.
1: <laughs> but yeah, they. uh. They're, you know, they're they're a tough crowd. Whatever the uh, the the mountain bikers on our team, whatever grief they think they can give me, it's nothing compared to the, the dinner table at a fire station. Oh, I believe it. You know, well, I was gonna say, you what have thick skin?
2: What what what? what uh, how'd the relationship go with your uh, with your mountain bike buddies when you told them that you were gonna?
1: Um, it, it go was rough. It wasn't easy. I thought coming out to my family. Would be the hardest part, but coming out to the mountain bikers was the <laughs> hardest part. But then I saw Hart and David had shaved their legs and their forearms and so I didn't feel so bad anymore.
0: And <laughs> hey, an arrow for Leadville That's baby. Right.
1: And you know they 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 get at me and I'd get defensive and you know I told him I was like, you know, believe it or not, like triathletes are considered the figure skaters
0: of the mountain bike world. So <laughs> 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 so did you shave your... Uh, it doesn't look like you shaved your legs. No, or, absolutely uh, not. You just kept it now. No, blonde Au natural, huh?
1: Blonde leg hair is more hydrodynamic than ah. no leg hair. Interesting. Yeah. Through my like, studies. Right, yeah. Blonde leg hair, actually, it's like shaped like a boat prop. At the end of each strand, there's ah. like three little hairs.
0: Actual forward propulsion. That's
1: right. So, no, never go full try. <laughs> <laughs> No full try, huh? That's right. All right, so do
2: you have any uh, any other like uh, tips uh, or wisdom? You got any wisdom in there, Bobby? Of uh, like, how, like how to make, like anybody who's considering making the jump from even, not even to Ironman, but from like one single sport, doesn't even have to be mountain biking, but making the jump from one sport to multi-sport.
1: Yeah, my first, for me, you know, this is all for me and everybody's different, but uh, one of the lessons I had to learn early on was to be patient. Absolutely because whether you know you have mastered your discipline or gotten on a few podiums here and there, that is not going to immediately translate into the world of multisport. Mm-hmm. There is you know a lot there's a, there's a lot of little things a lot a lot of the intangibles that uh, you know are only acquired after years of doing it transition just all, all that little stuff yeah
2: you can't you can't mess with experience yeah and it goes both ways too yeah either you could be the fittest uh triathlete and you jump on a mountain bike yeah it's like a deer learning how a to broken ball. collarbone yeah. sounds <laughs> like a
1: broken <laughs> collarbone a, to me next thing you know you're hitting those inspirometers <laughs> and
2: uh... <laughs> you're trying to set records on the inspirometer so that's,
1: right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tall
2: order man
0: <laughs> not, not everyone can do that yeah, set of lungs on this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah,
1: the first one, yeah, be patient. And I had to learn that, uh, you know, for some foolish reason, I, I just thought that I was going to go and, and get on the podiums of all these multi-sport events uh, just because, you know, I was competitive. And even though I was putting in the same amount of work I felt as all the other athletes were, I mean, I was lacking years of experience. So that'd be the first one. And, uh, you know, make sure make sure that uh, like I said earlier for me, I had I wanted to make sure that I was fundamentally sound in the discipline mm-hmm. before I started trying to put uh, volume on top of it because you're just yeah. gonna learn you know if you do something incorrectly and then you stack volume on it, you're just gonna learn to do it that much more. Mm-hmm. more reps
0: incorrectly. Yeah and over the course of you know an iron distance event, efficiencies yeah. you know for 9, 10, 15 hours, I mean that's a big a big multiplier if you're losing energy every pedal stroke mm-hmm. or every uh, swim stroke or every time your foot's making contact with the ground. If you can improve each one of those 5% over the course of 10 plus hours, that's a massive gain there. Yeah, and you know, like you mentioned just about the running, you think there's so much
1: there's so much it's like technical overload when you try to learn to swim correctly, but I mean running is something that can be so easily overlooked and you just thing mm-hmm. why I come from an athletic i mean what's we're, we're built to run it's like the most natural instinctive thing there is but that can carry you to, or to me you know it, it could carry me to a 10k a half marathon mm-hmm. but once i started getting into those 15 mile runs 16 mile runs and got hurt i thought i need to i need to have someone look at this and make sure that i'm doing it correctly and efficiently before i just start stacking these three hour yeah. runs
2: Mm-hmm. yeah you're you're especially if you're not doing strength work your durability as an athlete will eventually run out if you're doing uh like ultra distance stuff if you don't if you're not working to increase it via strength work and a and a gradual progression uh if you're losing uh, energy or having a maybe a not so efficient movement while you're running or cycling or or swimming yeah once you get in those high volumes that stuff is multiplied Mm -hmm. and and you're going to uh you could set yourself up for a uh an injury basically because you're just hitting that poor poor rep that that weak muscle that whatever over and over and over and over
0: what was the max volume you got in one week or or about oh gosh it was the uh that's easy. Easy answer.
1: It was the long course camp okay. that we yep. did. That was uh, that was a big three days, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we did, you know, almost four thousand yards in open water yep. the first day. Did a six k run and a uh, hundred miles on the bike, four mile run, and then we ran twenty miles yep. the third day. And more importantly, we did it, uh, you know, in a, in a race simulated environment yeah that wasn't that was crucial it was warm yeah and that was crucial for me in Chattanooga was you could tell you could tell the people that had done their runs at five in the morning when it was 75 degrees or were from up north versus the people who had trained in 90 degree weather absolutely yeah I mean that was one of the the
2: big things that I took out of your race and and even the other guys that uh I coached that did did Chattanooga was you guys were running most of the time, you know, through the finish, and a lot of people would were getting maybe five, six miles in, and then immediately had to start the long walk breaks, and or maybe maybe made it halfway and ended up walking like the back half of the run, um, and a lot of that is likely due to either a poor hydration strategy or the fact that they just didn't train enough in the heat, like in the heat of the day, and mm-hmm. when we said, I mean. We set out that run we did on that Sunday
1: was not easy. No, I mean, it wasn't, it was a lot of elevation. And uh, Kirsten Sass was there, so that definitely didn't make it easy. Dropping the hammer, yeah, yeah dropping the hammer, <laughs> it's, lap it's one exactly. with you. He's like, Do you want me to talk uh, the whole time? Do you want me to keep running with you? He's like, No, you can peel out of here. <laughs> <you want." laughs> I could start falling apart as soon as she left. <laughs> so, I
2: think the the highest volume hours wise that you hit
1: uh was like 18 20 yeah 18 to 20. i mean it was nothing you know i didn't go like i don't have the time to be lionel sanders (laughs) (laughs) i'm not hitting 30 hours a week no you know i'm not canadian so
2: no it was just it was 18 20 hours of very focused training so no it was a it ended up being a real good day for you
0: so you get to go back no done
1: yeah, one we, and done. I'm telling you, as of right now, it's a, yeah, I'm one and done. You know, I don't feel, I really don't feel like I have any regrets about mm-hmm. how it went. Uh, you know, I had, I had a goal time in mind, but due to the conditions that it wasn't practical to try and hit that, yeah. uh, I, I would have ended up, right. I, yeah. I would have just completely fallen apart. So I wanted to make smart decisions and run the marathon. And mm-hmm. I was able to do that. I wasn't able to run it at my desired pace, but once I found a pace that I could settle into and hold, I was able to, to hold on to it. And so, yeah, I left. Were you tracking kills? No, <laughs> I'll take the shot when I'm good and ready. All right, that's right. You got a fire or clear, Ice Man? Uh, no, I wasn't. Tra- I wasn't. I wasn't tracking kills. Uh, it was it was a, it was a rough run man shout yeah, out to sure. the volunteers at chattanooga because those people were willing to do some of the nastiest things <laughs> to get a runner to the next aid station mm-hmm. i mean they reached in places of my bibs where my wife would <laughs> reach to put ice down there <laughs> and uh and that's wouldn't have survived otherwise so man they chattanooga was just they were unbelievable the support there was incredible yeah
2: yeah it's always been a a fantastic, uh, event. Yeah. I mean, most, most Ironmans, I mean, you, you come out of pocket for it, but the, oh, uh, yeah. but the support is there and yeah. the, you know, they're obviously unforgettable events.
1: Yeah, they, they really are. They're, they're life changing. And, uh, you know, I think probably the best piece of advice that I got through throughout the entire experience was, uh, a guy told me, he said, once you're there, just enjoy the day. He said, it's going to be hard. There's going to be challenges and ups and downs and you're going to go into some dark places mentally, but the hard work's over. I mean, the hard part are the 430 swims Mm -hmm. and the six hour days on the bike. Like once you're there, just try to soak it up and really enjoy it. And I think that was probably the biggest accomplishment As I I feel looking back, I was able to do that. And so that's why there's, I'm not rushing to get back there anytime soon.
0: Which leads to the last question. Yeah, Mm -hmm. man what's next for
1: you uh we got a little baby wade we wade, got, weekly. We gotta, wade weekly we got wade weekly'll be here uh thanksgiving that's so, a big step
2: yeah that's a big step that's shout out to uh, an
1: adjustment yeah this we'll is, have to this get, is good body she's been a champ throughout the whole team about the whole thing
2: I still laugh so I wish I would have queued this up but I still laugh at the the uh that little interview that you gave right after the 20 mile run at the training camp I don't <laughs> Wait, I, so I don't understand what's you must have blacked you must have blacked out, but uh, we we yeah. we gave uh, we put the camera in your face right after finishing a twenty mile run. Yeah, and uh, you went on a tirade about not being able to find a bait shop. Right? You're,
1: yeah, we're where McKenzie, Tennessee. Yeah, there should be one on every corner, and I could not find one at all. I thought this is a prime place. We Ran around for
0: twenty miles. That's right. Never not found one it. bait shop. That's right. I thought. Now here you go, catch fish.
1: Yeah, I mean. If you're gonna get a juicy nightcrawler, where's a better place to do it than McKenzie, Tennessee? Well, I can't think of one. Yeah, well, it ain't McKenzie, Tennessee. I, yeah. ne-
0: I never found it. We're gonna have to talk to Sass
1: about you that. Never you found won't. it. <laughs> Sounds
0: like opportunity.
1: Business <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, she's got uh, she's got a year to fix that before I go back. There, there better be a bait shop when I get back there. If I don't leave with some nightcrawlers, heads are gonna roll. <laughs> problems. Give me problems. <laughs> this is gonna be consequences and restitutions.
0: <laughs> There's another one. All right. So, what is next? What do you got?
1: Uh, man, I I hate to waste uh, all of the effort that has gone into just kind of getting back to baseline with swimming and running. So, I think Dale and I are going to, I uh, think we're going to go after uh, Xterra. Excellent. Hey, try to putting s- on that that dirt hat again, and that's right. Try to see if we can uh, qualify for Maui. We gotta we gotta stop through. It's got to stop in Birmingham, Alabama, first though. Yep. So that's that's really the big goal nice. for next year is to try to parlay some of this uh, some of this effort into uh, a good
0: extra season and excellent
1: maybe throw in some gravel racing mm-hmm. in between just to keep it fun that's right just stay on some dirt
0: I like it keep it fun mm-hmm.
2: all right man we appreciate you. Uh... Giving up your time and yeah. coming and chatting with us. Thanks for the, having me. What
0: was the final uh, tally? The
2: tally was two to seven. <laughs> two to uh, seven. I, got what close, man. Oh I got smoked. Close, man. I got smoked.
0: Dale, you got like a parting amazing. quote yeah. you can do here? Something? Anything? You know, I, sometimes. Like, I love LAMP. So, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. You just wake <laughs> up in the morning. not and, even you know, I'm
1: not even mad. I'm impressed. <laughs> 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 all
2: right, we're cutting this off.
0: For uh, <laughs>
1: All
2: right, everybody. We appreciate you hanging out, listening, watching. And we will catch you guys next time.
0: Peace.